It's time to breathe new life into the social entrepreneur by empowering you to make a living through fulfilling work that will impact lives. You'll make money, but more importantly, you'll make a difference. Welcome to the Change Creator Podcast. It's time to build a business with purpose. Now here's your host, Adam Force. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is your host, Adam Force. Welcome to the Change Creator Podcast show today. Um, and welcome back for those of you who have heard us last week. We had a really uh, incredible interview with Crystal Earl from Brave Souls. If you haven't checked that out yet, definitely would stop by. She has a lot of powerful insights about her story and how this has impacted customers and helped build that cu- uh, customer trust, right? So today we're going to have a first. We'll be talking to Samantha and Emilio. Um, they are together and they are minimalists. All right. We haven't talked about minimalism on this show, but they have this passion and it started with them being these professional, you know, organizers, right? And it's something they were really good at. And part of this process was kind of a, um, a self-development thing, but it also is about, um, you know, getting rid of and unloading of the unnecessary, right? So they're going to they're gonna dive into the depth of all that in this conversation, um, but they have turned it into a uh, program. I mean, this is a business now. So they are actually having, they have a course that they put together and they also have a book that they put out recently, which I have a copy of, and it's actually really interesting, engaging. It's an easy read. It's called A Recipe for an Extraordinary Life. And there's so much more to it than just, you know, downgrading and stuff. There's a, there's a lot behind it, right? So we're going to, we're going to dive into all that and see how they're building this business from their passion in minimalism. Um, if you haven't heard guys, the doors are open for our program Captivate. Today is the 30th and the doors close on November 2nd. So that is coming up this Friday. The Captivate program is really all about marketing and it's about breaking free from traditional interruptive marketing and leaning into this more of an evolutionary step, which is something that's been around for a long time, but is really key to today's marketing. That's storytelling. So we pulled in a bunch of experts and we put together this program because we realized how important it is as a driver for all your marketing, especially today as things get really crowded online. Okay. So I think that is it. We just had a really interesting talk with uh, Mercy for Animals as well. That's going to be coming out November 15th. The cover story is with the founder. And we also did an interview with the president, the first woman president at Mercy for Animals. Um, and we had some real lively discussions about the entrepreneurial space and the in the animal um, rights space, right? But it really goes so much further than that. And you're going to hear why. So it's really impactful and it's an inspiring talk. All right, guys, we're going to talk to Emilio and Samantha. I know you're going to dig this. Hey, Samantha and Emilio, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Thanks Pretty for good. calling. Absolutely. Well, welcome to the Change Creator Podcast show. We're going to be discussing some of your awesome journey. Um, I think you guys have a really kind of have an interesting niche that you're tapping into, and we have never discussed minimalism um, on this show. So we want to tap into your story there and then some of the success you've had um, building educational resources for people and helping teach uh, what you live by, right? Um, 
So if you could kick it off, um, I don't know uh, whoever wants to take a lead on this one, but just giving us a little bit of your background to, to what were you doing before you really kind of were living this lifestyle and how did you start making that transition? What triggered it? Uh, well, uh, I'll start off and it, Emilio and I both came together actually after traveling uh, quite a long time out of our uh, independent country. So Emilio's from Spain, I'm from Canada, and we actually met in New Zealand. So we had Emilio much longer than I had been living out of a backpack um, and same with myself for uh, several years. So it really gave us this foundation of um, appreciation, gratitude, uh, and living with less. And when we met in New Zealand, we both had this hunger to want to start living a lifestyle that we designed, which of course is easier sometimes to do when you are your own boss. Uh, so we moved to Canada in 2012 and that December we started um, our business. And from there, it's just been kind of evolving and growing organically. Like we didn't know that we would be in this place six years later when we got started. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, so just take keeping it back in time a little bit, um, always curious, you know, especially for a lot of people in our audience, you know, what happens is they have these passions and, you know, the old stigma of, well, I can't make money doing that. Right. So, you know, there's a big barrier of fear that people have in pursuing something realistically to actually make a living doing it. And here you guys are pursuing something which I think is really cool and healthy at the same time. Um, and I'm just curious, how did you start leaning into it? And, you know, I guess kind of making it your primary lifestyle, like how'd you start manifesting these ideas? Well, it all started helping people one-on-one. -on -one. And then after doing that for like a long time and after helping a lot of people, uh, we basically started doing workshops because we wanted to reach more people. We wanted to help like uh, more, more people. Yeah. And then from there, we use that content to to start creating the online courses because again, our goal is to help as many people as we can. And a lot of people were not uh, in our area or they couldn't come. So we, we, we both started working when we came to Canada. Um, we had, I was working a minimum wage job in just a cafeteria, uh, kind of managing a kitchen. Emilio was doing smart home installations. And what we did is I jumped first. I wasn't very happy with my, with my job. So I quit and Emilio maintained his job. Um, we took on like really random things to just keep cash flow coming in while we were doing that stirrup and we bootstrapped everything. So instead of paying for experts, to help us out. We took advantage of every single thing that our small business center offered. We took online courses. Uh, we signed up with an association that represents professional organizers, which is where we primarily got started. And it just slowly kind of worked out that uh, Amelia was able to like drop down hours, drop down hours. And we slowly like migrated into being able to sustain our ourselves through our business. Right. So there is this balancing act, like there's a part of someone's life when you make this transition, right? you're kind of changing your whole life trajectory. And there's a couple of things you said that I love is one, um, you started working with people individually. And I can't stress that enough to people listening is, you know, always oh, start really small, plus that, that feedback. And I'm sure if you guys could see how people are getting results, I mean, that really translates into later teaching through these digital courses and things like that. Uh, so I, I love how you guys started with that. And it sounds like you had to straddle doing 
work on the side and then also at the same time pursuing this mission um, until, like you said, you slowly were able to cut back on the hours of that work on the side. So how long was that going on? Um, curious, was it several years? Uh, no, for me, actually, since we decided to start the business in December until I started to cut hours, that was uh, five months. That was basically in the summertime. And then I basically presented my resignation letter. I just jumped into the pool. It was very scary, but I decided to do that. And my boss uh, was super nice. And he said, wait, 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 uh, how much can you work for me? And then we decided to do three days a week. And then two months later, I asked to do two days a week. And then a month later, one day a week. And then at the end, it was very funny because I was calling in on Fridays, telling them my, my, how much time I had the next week. And then they always gave me work. They were super nice and very flexible. Yeah. So I'm very grateful for that. But it was very scary to make that decision because you don't have guaranteed income anymore. Yeah. And as, as you say, when you start, you have to learn, you have to feel very comfortable knowing that you are helping others. I, I, I want to jump in and add to like, I don't know if any of your listeners listen to Gary V at all, but he's like a big proponent of, of finding stuff for free and selling it, turning around and selling it. <laughs> and actually, we live in a university town. And every time there's a student move out, landlords just shove a whole bunch of furniture, computer chairs, desks out on the side of the road. And Emilio and I capitalized on that. We <laughs> yeah. would go around on Sunday nights and pick up all the stuff on garbage night. We'd list it on Kijiji and just make cash money. We'd leave it on our patio and people would come and drop money in our mailbox. And it was completely an honor system and it really worked. It was bringing us in anywhere from, you know, 500 to $2,000 a month. So that, you know, no, sh no shame in, in the fact that we bootstrap literally by taking people's stuff off the side of the road for garbage and turning it into money. Yeah. And another thing that we have done for several years is uh, Airbnb. Yeah. Uh, we used it traveling a lot and we loved it. And then when we were here, it was a great way for us to have people, uh, to have fresh energy and, and very interesting stories. And at the same time, make an extra income when you are like starting and you don't have enough like a uh, consistency. Right. So it's, it's always very nice to be creative and, and until things start rolling, you just have to do whatever it takes. If you really love what you are doing, uh, you will find a way to do it, uh, to make it happen. Hundred percent. Yeah. If you if you got your eye on that that mission and that's the life you want to live, I agree. You start taking those steps. You're kind of like get once you get the wheels in motion, you kind of get that momentum a little bit, right? Yeah, exactly. It honestly it gets easier and easier every year. It's not easy, but the first year was way more difficult than the second, and way more difficult than the third. So yeah. it's always getting like a little bit easier, as you say. It gets traction and. Well, you know, yeah. one of the things I've noticed with a lot of entrepreneurs is they really want to get to the main, like they want to get to an end point. They want to go from A to Z very quickly. Um, you know, don't we all, right? I want to be rich, my own boss, and have this really awesome company and brand. And, you know, it's these early steps of like working one-on-one, -on -one, putting in, still swapping your hours for uh, money and stuff like that, time for money. And, you know, that there's a lot of legwork that goes in. But once you lay the foundation, it sounds like, you know, and I think you guys are evidence of the success that that's when you can really start scaling your teachings once you really see what has helped people. And it just, I heard it over and over from so many people, including even like Nobel Peace Prize winners, you know, really having that help one person help two people and do it really um, hands on. And so now that kind of leads me to a segue for you guys. Well, 
you have um, what was the name of your book again? I know you guys have a great book that you released um, that also is sharing this stuff. Yeah, so we we wrote a book uh, last March called A Recipe for an Extraordinary Life. Yes. And it basically is a guidebook of how we achieve what it is that we achieve. So we build kind of every three to six months what we call a creation, which is where we look at our life holistically and say, right, okay, what are we grateful for? And then what do we want to move forward with? And in that book, it's kind of like our semi-autobiography. Uh, but then the, the, the second half of that book is just basically here's a step-by-step method for you to follow if you want to learn how we did what we did yeah um yep. full of examples and that kind of stuff yeah, yeah. and you know i bring it up because it, you you've built up enough experience from teaching and mentoring and helping people that you can create now a book and share those ideas and you can create the educational course which i want to talk about next um and share more and basically like you said help more people which I think it's really exciting, but it's only because of that early, that early on legwork that you guys did helping people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were five years into it before we got started with that stuff. Yeah, and one of the things that we did, we went back in communications with every email that we received, every like form that a client sent us, and we did like a, a word cloud trying to identify what were the words, the most used words and adjectives that our clients were using. And that was really, really interesting because they were telling us their struggles, their challenges, and that's that was the base for some of our courses, some of our like talks. And yeah, it, it was very interesting. And that's the best way to know what to create. Yeah, I love that. That's a smart idea. Um, you know, there's a lot of takeaways that so you look for the commonality kind of thinking of, is it like a word cloud? Um, that's pretty smart. And I'm curious, you know, when you guys were just kind of teeing up the mentorship and doing one-on-one and stuff like that, how were you getting people? Uh, and were they, and was this a paid um, teaching at that point? Um, so our very first client, um, you know, you said uh, trading time and swapping time for, for money. Um, we actually were swapping our time for content. So we put an ad out on basically what's like the Craigslist eBay, uh, the Kijiji of Ontario. And we said, listen, we're looking for volunteers who are willing to, um, go through our process in exchange for if they're happy, you know, testimonial video content and photographs. And that was how we got our first few clients because we couldn't afford the big dollars to do print advertising. You know, we were involved in our uptown um, business association and our chamber of commerce, but it just wasn't bringing in people. And then soon as we got that first client, we knew what we were doing. We fixed any bugs and errors and they were really happy. And we started collecting that content. And then we went immediately out to our uh, public library and started offering a workshop about how you can get organized. And we used that client's photographs to visually show people how they could do it themselves. Mm. And then from there, you know, our local television spotlight saw us advertised in the library magazine and asked us on TV. And then it just started going from there that we were getting found online because we started doing a lot of inbound marketing with blogging, practicing our writing, practicing, yeah, answering questions that people were asking us. And, you know, now it's just something that leads come in um, primarily through online, but we get a lot of uh, word of mouth now uh, in our community. Wow. That's yeah. the, the search engine optimization was big for us. Uh, it's a combination of things. It's like writing a blog post every week. It's a, uh, creating a lot of events, uh, it's doing a lot of public speaking, uh, being on social media. So everything adds up, it's like a combination of things. 
And yeah. that makes us very visible online. So when people are searching for organizers, they can find us very easily. Now, did you guys put a lot of focus into the social media space? You just focused on helping people and not worried as much about all that distraction? So social media was always something that we knew we wanted to be a part of, but it's time consuming. So like full disclosure, we use an automation system. We use Buffer to yeah. to put out our regular posts and to share our blog posts so that, um, you know, people are constantly seeing activity from us. Um, but Emilio is really the driving force behind our social media now is that he does a lot of, of content just on the fly. And uh, I think I think it really works. Yeah, I do find that uh, I feel more authentic if, if I just uh, share what's happening when it's happening and when I feel like it more than like I schedule some of the things, but I like to be more natural and I like to share what we are up to and things like that when I feel like it. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you one thing, learning how to organize, learning how to do what you are good at, that's easy. Make it, letting people know that you are there, that's a more difficult part of having a business. Well, it so, is. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. It's very, very difficult to be in front of the people who need your service uh, and, and everything helps. So for us, social media is one tool that we use and I like it. But you have to share what you do with people, because if not, no one will know what you do and no one will benefit from it. Right. And, and we know lot. We know lots of people who, you know, um, an organizer locally. She just has one ad in a, a newspaper that she knows gets lots of senior like um, visibility, and and that's her bread and butter. Just that one ad that she pays for monthly. So you never know what your streamline is for your clientele and i guess that's just kind of by by practicing and and testing ideas beta testing a whole bunch of ideas yeah yeah that makes sense and i can imagine like because if i was if i were you guys and i'm thinking okay how do we find people that are interested in the ideas of minimalism and kind of uncluttering their life and that getting that kind of next uh, level up in how they do things it's kind of like is it the Google search because they're actively looking for maybe self-help or their stress? Like, what do you, how, how did you tap into the mind of that user? Like, what were they looking for that would lead them to what you offer? So one of the things that we always do is uh, we ask them, how did you find us? And then they tell us, they tell us, I search for this or I search for that. Another thing in our website, we can see what people look for. And we also use a uh, Google keyword planner and Google like a, uh, the, the trend yeah. and we can see what people are looking for and for example the other week Samantha was looking at that and then she realized that a lot of people came because they were looking for closet organization yes but they were looking for product so they didn't know majority of the clients they think that a product will solve the problem but they don't connect that maybe doing a decluttering session is helpful for them and applying that minimalism aspect of it so they come to our blog, they read a blog post, and then they realize, oh, wow, like uh, I don't need a, a closet organizer. What I need is to make sure that I get rid of the things that I don't and I no longer use. Yes. So it's that education aspect of it. And that's how they normally, they read one post, two posts, they watch a video, and then they feel comfortable after contacting us. Gotcha. Yeah. And that makes sense. You got to warm it up a little bit, get people, um, 
you know, acclimated to the idea. And I will back you guys by saying my wife and I, several years ago, we, were, we lived in Philadelphia for six years. We were in a two-bedroom, a two-bathroom apartment on, I don't know, whatever floor. And it was had a really nice view down the river and stuff. And then after a while, we're like, man, it's really expensive living here. And I was like, let's save money and go into one of the one-bedroom apartments. It was like, it was quite a bit smaller, but it was, um, you know, cut the price down a lot. And we were able to save some yeah. money over the years. But when we made the move, we had to get rid of a lot of stuff because now we only have one bedroom, one bathroom, and it's a little apartment style. And so once we did that, though, while it was difficult, once we did get rid of those things and we lightened everything, the, the one bedroom was easier to take care of. We felt like we had a huge burden off our shoulders of stuff just kind of like hanging like on top of us and I will tell you it was a huge relief um not just because you get rid of stuff but it's like this um mental and emotional uh release as well so there's there's so much psychology that goes in behind why humans form attachments to their belongings and you know we've been studying this for a really long time and we got trained in mental health first aid as well because we were coming across you know these situations where you know there are extreme attachments to just belongings but the belongings are actually what's standing in your way from from move, moving forward with the things that you're saying you want to get done and it's the same in business like Emilio and I have to go through this process every year where we declutter and let go of stuff off our, our business plate because, you know, we're ideas people like most entrepreneurs. So things are coming to you all the time. You're putting them up on the, you know, maybe I'm going to work on this kind of thing, but there has to come a time where you're like, right, I need to focus realistically. A priority means I have one priority. I don't have several priorities. If you've ever read uh, Greg McCowan's essentialism book, right. it's a really, really good read. Um, and it's just, there's so many ways and areas you can declutter your life and apply minimalism. And sometimes it applies to, you know, even how you um, wake up in the day and what your routine is and what you're eating and how you're exercising. And it's that whole holistic picture that literally decluttering applies to a lot of things. And it's not easy to let go. But once you do, I'm sure you found you guys had this like huge freedom. You're like, hey, we don't have to clean as much. It's way easier cleaning one bathroom than it is two. Yeah. Um, so on and so forth. Yeah, and also, go ahead. Oh, I was just to say, I agree. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, so no, I just wanted to add that one of the most important things is when people hear the word minimalism, a lot of people tend to go to the extreme, tends to go to like minimalism means having nothing, means being boring, means, uh, you know what I mean? And that's yeah. not the thing. Minimalism is the first thing that we always do with our clients is helping them like really say very clearly, why are you doing this? Why do you want to do this process? What are you looking for? Like yes. what activities do you want to do? How do you want to feel? And what is the motivation behind this? Because once you understand that, that's when you can look at your space and think, how can we create a space that will facilitate what you need? Yes. And that's what minimalism is about. Right. You need to understand what you need, what you want to do, and then what do you, what objects, what belongings and what kind of house you need to live in to make that lifestyle happen. Absolutely. And that means something different for every person. Yeah, makes sense. That makes sense. And and so that kind of leads me to um, tap into your work in the course now. So you're, you know, you've done the book, you've done the one-on-ones, you guys have studied up, and now you're going to kind of automate this process a little bit more in an effort to reach more people. And so you created a course. Tell us a little bit about that course and some of the initial steps you took to put that together. 
Um, so the courses literally just became, um, we were trying to do our workshops at live events and the, it, it was so frustrating because not everybody could come to the date that we were going to offer it. The location was difficult. And we just kind of were like, I don't understand why we're not recording this. So we set up this really dingy recording studio in our basement with a really bad green screen. Um, and we start, we recorded our first course, which was how to declutter and organize any space. It was our most popular in-person workshop. We had received, we always asked all of our participants to give us feedback um, at the end of every course. So we had like hundreds of papers of feedback. So we knew what we needed to leave out and what we needed to add in. And we put it up on Udemy and it, we basically just let Udemy do all the work. We didn't do any advertising for it. We didn't tell our social media circles about it. And it just took off that um, so many people were looking for that kind of information. And what we thought was really crap, but Seth Godin said, ship your art, like just get it out there. Don't be a perfectionist. <laughs> and so we just, we literally were like, ship it, ship it, ship it. And we put it up there and then just people were giving us feedback saying, thank you so much for this course. This helped me so much. I'm like no longer frustrated. And we're like, wow, like we thought this was crap. The sound is crap. The visual is crap, but, but the content was authentic. The content was the same content we've been sharing for years. And we knew it was good because people in person had told us it was good. And that was how we got the ball rolling. Yeah. I love that. And so you had success with Udemy and, um, you know, because they're only selling, of course, here's the thing, you know, you got these major uh, brands like Udemy and, you know, they're selling courses for $10, $25 while others are selling them for $1,000. Um, now, you're not solely on Udemy, right? You have courses outside of that. Is that correct? Yeah. So we, we do host them in our website, too. And uh, again, Udemy is just one more platform that we use uh, because we don't have to do any marketing. Yeah. And Udemy allows you to two options like you can uh, you can price it and then they cannot offer discounts or they can offer discounts. That's up to you. You can select both options. Mm. But for people who are getting started, having a platform that allows you to just put the video there, put the content and forget about it. It's a really good way to get started. Because if you want to do have them in your website, you need to, there is a lot of, more of technology and time involved. And for a lot of people, that's kind of overwhelming at the beginning. So we always recommend if someone has a really good idea, but they are not very techy or they don't have a website yet, you can use Skillshare, you can use Udemy, you can use any of those platforms yeah. to make sure that your content is out there. And then that's a good way to test it. Yeah, that's true, too. Did you find any conflict, though? I mean, um, I don't know. I, forget, I think you're selling what your courses are like 60 to to $100 or something like that on the yeah. website. And so yeah. you don't have people saying, oh, well, I can get this for $10 on Udemy. I mean, so is there any conflict or cannibalism? There, there is absolutely no, no overlap. Like, to be honest, like, uh, we we do need money to live like everybody else, but we want the information to be out there. And we, if someone doesn't have the money, we normally just give them the course for free. If they send us an email and say, I don't have money to pay for your course, like the other day, a woman from Madagascar, Madagascar, Madagascar. Sent, sent us an email saying, I love uh, one of the courses that you did, but I, I don't have money to pay for two more that I want to take. I just give them a, I just give her a coupon. Uh, sure. We don't want money to be a problem, but uh, I don't think it's a conflict of interest because a lot of people are not looking everywhere. Right. Some people come through Demi, some people come through our website, some people come to our, our workshop and they are interested and they go to our website. 
it, it depends. And we don't care. Honestly, we don't care. Right, right. Well, it's great to hear, you know, because this is something as people are listening here, you know, it is daunting to your point to not only create a course, <laughs> but to, you know, start marketing it, selling it, making sure you can manage any issues technically and all the stuff that goes on and on and on. So there's a lot that goes behind it. Um, so I guess what were some of the major challenges that you had in putting this together? Um, you know, it, it, like, let's talk about your first course that you put together. What were some of the big challenges? you had and how you overcome them uh, I guess the the one of the biggest challenges was actually like sitting down and hitting the record button you know as I said we gave the workshop several times uh, we basically used our, our power our slide deck that we used for a workshop to help guide us through um, the, the recording process so we knew how to kind of break it down into sections um, both Emilio and I have a, a higher level of education and so we were trying to make something at and we're also a little bit on the perfectionist side, but we wanted to make something that was quality. We wanted to say, you know, we're not just some mom and pop shop putting out content for the sake of putting out content. We actually believe that if more people had access to this kind of education who, you know, didn't have that growing up or, or were looking for that information, it, it, it is good content. It's a great way to start because we believe in practical examples. We believe in, in, in the small little changes you can make every day. And that's what we were trying to put into that course. So the course is not for someone who's decluttered and, and is looking for the next step. It's for, I've never even heard of decluttering. I don't even know if, if, if physical items is my problem. Um, that's for the people who we were designing the course for and knowing who you're trying to um, give the education to was really big. So even trying to be like, okay, we're not trying to serve everybody. We're just trying to serve this small demographic. Yep. Yeah. And some of the main challenges that we faced when we did that, the first, um, one of the biggest one is being comfortable behind the camera, as Samantha says, and that takes practice. Uh, I wasn't comfortable at the beginning at all. But I kept doing videos and videos, really bad videos, really bad videos until I start becoming more comfortable. And now I can say I'm pretty comfortable in front of the camera, but that takes time. Uh, challenge number two was the technical aspect of it. Uh, recording the, the video, the audio, making sure that we had a good microphone, making sure that the environment was right, the lighting was right. That's a, that was a big learning curve for us. It took us a while to learn all those things. Yeah, to make a decent video. It's amazing when you start actually executing work like this, how many little variables come into play <laughs> that, that really oh, yeah. make a difference. And it's all the little details that make it either very professional and nice or not so good. <laughs> but I have to say, like, don't let that hold you back because like we said, like, if you looked at our, our first course, so we just recently redid our How to Declutter and Organize Any Course. We re-recorded it with better camera, better sound, but we just we we just put that first one out there. Really bad lighting, not great sound, and sound is the most important. If, if you're going to worry about anything, worry about the sound, mm. but people still love the course. It became our bestseller. It was right up beside Marie Kondo's uh, course, which Marie Kondo is a huge guru in the organizing world. Um, and you know, just being alongside her and, and having our, our content right beside that, that was a huge um, motivator that we were like, hey, if people are taking her stuff and she's got a huge team behind her, then we're doing pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also the, the technology, you don't have to spend thousands of dollars to get started. We use our smartphone 
that has a really good camera. We use a, a, a basic tripod, and then we use an external microphone that, that was like $40, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much it. And then we make sure we were using lighting before, but now we try to look for natural light because that's the best. And and that's pretty much it. You don't really need anything else. Makes sense. Yeah, and I agree. The natural light does look the best. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, sure. Makes you a can. difference. Um, so I guess what's next for you guys? Are you expanding on the educational side or are you doing more live talks? Where do you look to be in the next year or so? Well, our life changed this year. So I'm currently pregnant and that oh, was an unexpected, yes. <laughs> thank you, was unexpected for us. Um, and so we're up for the challenge. We're doing that. But uh, it's just funny that we were going to this online course route. So basically what we've done is we hunkered down this June and we recorded a lot of the workshops. Like we had we had about 11 talks that we've been giving to private companies and things like that. So we recorded all of those things. We want to launch more of an online platform. And then we want to actually include other people in this process too. So we believe very uh, much in the holistic picture of people's lives. And we know we can't serve everyone. We're just good in this one topic. So we're maybe looking at um, getting more people on, 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 on board with recording what they specialize in. So whether that be you know kundalini yoga or um chef meals or you know just i guess random holistic yeah so uh, we're really passionate about seeing people following uh, their passions and, and creating their own recipes to live the life that they want to live so when we see someone doing that we feel inspired to see how can we help you make this happen and yeah. for some people as i was saying like recording putting a, a course together it, it's a big job Oh, yeah. So if we can find some of those people and we can create the course for them and then put it in our platform and share the profits, that would be great. That would be something that will be will inspire us a lot. We also want to make a documentary uh, that's out there. And a couple other big ideas is to um, take our content and then speak internationally, because, of course, we are going to Spain every um, every year to visit family. So um, we know that there's some professional organizing associations that have started there. Um, Australia um, and Eurasia is definitely on there as well. So uh, who knows what the future will bring? Yeah, we, we really like the variety. Uh, we don't want to stop doing one on ones. Uh, we don't want to stop doing public speaking and we love the education. So we like the combination of the three things and that's what we are going to try to keep doing. Excellent. Excellent. And and one last question just about this work that you're doing is what have you found now that you've done this coursework and such? And I'm, I'm, I'm hitting on this because it's really a big part of, you know, the evolution of business today online. And um, I'm curious on what you have found that people like the best. Obviously, there is the content they're getting, but is, is there any execution tips, meaning did you drip out the course? Were they able to take it all at once if they wanted to? Anything that you found that people really did like about your structure that you kept, that you leaned into? So the overall resounding feedback that we got was that um, people enjoyed us. And I, I don't mean to say that in an ego way, but no. they just felt that they could, they felt like you can read in our, in our reviews and stuff on our courses that, um, authentic couple, trustworthy couple seems real. Um, so we, we didn't, 
I, I guess like how we're talking to you now, we didn't try and uh, jazz it up very much. We were just ourselves. We spoke about what we knew and we didn't speak about what we didn't know. Yeah. And also including all the real examples, like uh, we include a lot of like real projects that we have done and, and we are sharing the challenges that the client had and with their words. And that's why it's so authentic because it's not what we think, it's what happened. Yeah. Uh, one of the courses that we have, for example, is a, a free course and it's called uh, Judy's Story. And basically we took the phone and we did eight sessions with her and we transformed her apartment. And you can see the whole the whole thing happening live. We didn't really cut much out. Everything is there. How We didn't stage anything. We didn't stop. And that was really, really interesting. And people love that. People like, one of the things that a lot of people told us, say, I love your videos because they are not professional they are real yeah. yeah a lot of people say that and it's crazy because we try to make this perfect video and people don't want that people want the authentic thing they don't want of course it has to have like good lighting a good sound but they don't want the, the perfect video right a lot of people are actually tuned off when the video is too good <laughs> I, you know i hear this too like they want that authentic kind of feel that's more genuine i mean like you said, if you have good sound, um, there I think there's plenty of environments where the application of just authentic like video using your iPhone, as long as it's not super wobbly and all that stuff. But I mean, I think there's definitely a, um, something about that for sure that's attractive for people. And for everyone who's listening to your show, it's just you have knowledge. We're all at different stages in our life and there's always going to be people below you who can learn from you and there's always going to be people above you who you can learn from. And so what you know actually holds value. It's just can you communicate it and can you share it with people and think about what it is like for you to learn. So for when we were building our courses, I'm a super visual person. We tried to add, you know, supplementary resources that would have an extra video or would have a worksheet, uh, an infographic, extra ways for people to learn who maybe aren't auditory people who are more visual, people who need to have the data driven and want to have statistics or, you know, that kind of thing. You have to think about all the different types of learning styles. And if you can think like that, you're really helping the, the people who are taking your course absorb the information, not just be listening to it and be like, I don't get it. I'm going to turn it off. Yeah, I love that. I think that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I, I want people to realize, too, who are listening to this, that you just remember that you don't and you guys agree or disagree, but you don't need to do cover off on everything that you just mentioned all at right at from the start. These are things that evolve <laughs> as you learn and you go. So to your point earlier about Seth Godin, you know, start somewhere, get something live. It doesn't have to be perfect. And then it evolves from there as you continue doing it and you learn from people that you connect with. So, and you know, at that point, yes, you could start, um, expressing the the teachings in various mediums and it grows and it grows and it grows but you guys it sounds like you did a really proper uh process which was to talk to people first and do it intimately learn what got them results and what they liked and then start ap applying that to things that you you did like the courses and such so kudos to you guys and i'm excited about the work that you're doing it's really cool well, thanks for having us. Thank Adam. you, Adam. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So let's wrap up. And I want to uh, just give you guys a chance to shout out. Um, how do people learn more about you? Where do they find you? How do they connect? All that good stuff. Well, the easiest way is to uh, in our website is kwprofessionalorganizers.com. 
And in there, you can find like uh, all the speaking that we do, the different topics and the events that we have coming up. You can find our academy where all the courses are hosted there. And you can find the one-on-one -on -one services that we offer. And then you can see a lot of client stories, a lot of videos. And yeah, and we write one blog post every week. So that's the best way to learn more about us. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to share your story and what you guys are doing. And um, we really appreciate it. Thank you, Adam, for having us. Thank you. I'm very grateful. And thanks for making your podcast uh, um, fully disclosure that we didn't uh, know about you so much. And now that we do, like I was on a binge uh, listen to your podcast and it's really good. <laughs> and I appreciate you making it. Well, I appreciate that comment. And that's really nice of you. And um, guys, check them out. Go to their website. I'm telling you right now, from my own personal experience, taking some of these steps to declutter your life is super valuable. It's healthy. It feels good. It will change your life so stop hanging on to all that old baggage <laughs> all right guys till we talk again appreciate your time adios thank you adios that's all for this episode your next step is to join the change creator revolution by downloading our interactive digital magazine app for premium content exclusive interviews and more ways to stay on top of your game available now on itunes and google play or visit changecreatormag.com We'll see you next time where money and meaning intersect right here at the Change Creator Podcast.